Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We continue in the book of Genesis, chapter 31, starting verse 17. Run away from home. It's time to make your move. Watch. Wait for the right time to fly the coop. Leave your old life behind and flee to the promised land of God. Hear Jesus' call and run away with him. This is the story of Jacob. He's been in a foreign land, right? He's acquired his wives, plural, polygamy, right? Four of them. He's acquired his wealth, his flocks. He's worked hard for his father-in-law, Laban. But now it's time to go home, to go to the promises of God, the promised land of Israel, Canaan, the land of milk and honey, the land of his forefathers, and we call them the patriarchs, right? Abraham, Isaac, and now we have Jacob. This is his story. This is his move. I was looking back on my life, and I came from a family that was dysfunctional and divorce and fighting and pain and hurt and all the drama. Maybe you've been there. And I had prayed. I had sought the Lord and asked him for my secret escape because my family said, you cannot leave. You better not leave. And they were hostile toward me leaving home. So I had to pray be led by the Lord, work hard, save my money, work with friends to do a budget and a plan. When is the right time that I can make my move? To get a car, to have everything packed, ready to go, because I had a short window to run away from home. And my plan was, when I run away, I know the door will be slammed. You're never coming back. So I had to make sure that my, my runaway would work, right? I had to have all my ducks in a row. I had to save up my money in a bank account. I had to have, where am I going to live? You know, first and last rent, roommates, utilities, to make my move. And it's scary when you run away from home. Have you been there? Pack up and leave home. Genesis 31, 17. Then Jacob arose and put his children and his wives upon camels. Come on, kids, everywhere, packing up. Come on, all you wives, get all the stuff together. It's time to go, and we have a short window because our father-in-law is gone working. We got to scram and hit the road quickly, verse 18. And he drove away all his livestock and all his property which he had gathered, his acquired livestock which he had gathered in Padam Aram, to go to the land of Canaan, the promised land, right, Israel, to his father Isaac, back to his homeland, if you will back to his papa. He had to run away from that home, remember? Kind of trouble with his brother, uh, the birthright and all that drama. And it is from rags to riches 
Jacob came to this foreign land with nothing, and now he is leaving with everything. He was empty, and now he's full. He has a huge family, many wives, polygamy, many children, right? And wealth beyond degree. I mean, flocks and herds and animals and servants. He is mega rich. Verse 19. When Laban had gone to shear his flock, then Rachel stole the household idols that were her father's. It's the opportune time. Daddy is away on business. I have a short window. He's shearing the sheep. This is our time to make our move because those sheep are slow. We've got to gather all the, pack everything up, move the herds, and this is our move. And this is Rachel's move. And Rachel's thinking, well, my daddy's riches are tied up in those idols, those household expensive idols made of precious metals. And they have pagan powers. It's sad that sometimes people that should know God and should know Yahweh and the truth, they compromise and they play with the world. And they hang on to pagan things and worldly things and superstition. And you should put those away as a believer and just have one God, the true God with the capital G. But they had many little gods with little Gs. These household idols. They were called teraphim. And if you look up the word teraphim, it is like not just an idol, but a personal idol that is special that you put in your home. Versus the idols, you could go to their shrines and their temples, and you can go to church, but this is now bringing church home with you, right? And this is having a personal relationship with pagan idols. And I think we can learn that God is not just in church, but the true God wants to come home with you and live in your home and in your life, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our God, right? So throw away the pagan false gods and embrace the true God and take Jesus home with you, like these pagan household idols called teraphim. I have a scripture for you, Deuteronomy 7.25. The graven images of their gods, you are to burn with fire. Destroy them. Melt their precious metals. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that is on them. Can I tell you, these idols are expensive. They're valuable. It's like a bank account. You melt your gold, your silver, and you put it into your idol. Didn't the Hebrews do that? They escaped Egypt, and they put their earrings and their jewelry and their gold, and they melted and made themselves a molted calf, an idol. And they said, this is our God. Bad move. Nor take it to yourselves, or you will be snared by it, for it is an abomination to the Lord your God. I think there's two reasons why Rachel, the favorite wife, has stolen the idols. 
They're mega expensive. It's like daddy's bank account, his gold, his silver, his treasures, and they're very little. I can grab them, I can hide them, we could take them. Plus, I think she was confused with paganism. They have powers, they'll bless us, they'll help us, they'll protect us. Oh no, Rachel, don't embrace them and don't take them home to your new home, right? Have you left an old home and you're bringing bad things with you to your new home? Pagan things, worldly things, nasty things, leave the old stuff behind and travel with Jesus. Verse 20, and Jacob deceived Laban, this is his father-in-law, the Aramean, by not telling him that he was fleeing. He's running. He has a quick time, an opportune time. It's all been secretive. We'll, we'll run you know, stealth at night when everyone's gone, when everyone's asleep. You know, we'll elope together. You know, you see the, the young girl and she wants to marry her prince, right? And she's all in love, but daddy says no. And so we'll sneak off, we'll run away together. Mm. 21. So he fled with all that he had. And he arose and crossed the Euphrates River and set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. 22. When it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob had fled, then he took his kinsmen with him and pursued him a distance of seven days journey and he overtook him in the hill country of Gilead. You got to get a head start, right? It's going to take three days for him to find out. But boy, those flocks are slow. And daddy's coming with his armies and his, his men and his servants. He's going to be outnumbered. And he's going to catch up to those slow animals. And it's inevitable that you will face your family again. But God is with Jacob. God will protect him. He'll protect you. Are you being led by the Lord? Have you prayed? Has God told you to make this move? Then Jesus will be with you and Jesus will intervene. Verse 24. God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream of the night and said to him, God can communicate, even with our enemies, even with family members that are mad at us, even with those that we've been fighting with. God will intervene. And here's what he says. Be careful that you do not speak to Jacob either good or bad. Stay neutral. Stop the threats. Don't yell at them. Don't cuss at them. Don't be all mad. Hear them out, right? Are you mad at family because they left? Or maybe family's mad at you because you left, you relocated a job, a wife, kids, grandkids, and they don't understand, right? Finances. Maybe it was just the call of God. God said, pack up and move on. And family's all upset at you. Verse 25. Laban 
caught up with Jacob. Right? They're going to get you. They're going to catch you. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country, and Laban with his kinsmen camped in the hill country of Gilead. 26. Then Laban said to Jacob, What have you done by deceiving me and carrying away my daughters like captives of the sword? What's the big idea? You forced my family to leave me. Those are my daughters. Those are my grandkids. And you forced them. You held a gun to their head. Oh, no. They wanted to leave you, right? They have a new family, right? You leave the old and you cleave to the new, right? When, when a man gets married, right? He leaves his father and mother and he cleaves to his wife, right? You form a new home. This is natural. This is nature. This is growing up. You've kidnapped them. You've tricked me. Well, you wouldn't let us go, so we had to sneak out, right? 27. Why did you flee secretly and deceive me and did not tell me so that I might have sent you away with joy and with songs, with timbrel and with lyre? You know, we could have done this different. I would have had a good going away party, a barbecue and a cake and banners and brought in the band and music and we'd play your favorite going away song. What? You like hate me. <laughs> it's not true. He wasn't going to let them go. He's just trying to twist it. They're all trying to deceive each other. What a deceptive family. Everybody's deceiving. And of course, Jacob's name means deceiver. It's all throughout the family. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Everybody is tangled up in this family deception. 28. And did not allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters? You have done foolishly. Jacob, you're a fool. You're so stupid. Those are my kids. Uh, they're actually your grandkids. Sometimes we think they're our kids, but they're your grandkids. They belong to someone else, right? Uh, those are my daughters. Well, he married them, and they're his wives now, and they have to move to their new home, right? And sometimes we don't want to cut apron strings, family ties. We don't want to let go. Have you been there? You left without saying goodbye. Yeah, we had to elope. We knew you were against the wedding, right? We had to run away. It was like a jailbreak. We climbed through the window and down the ladder, right? Verse 29. It is in my power to do you harm. You know, I got all my little troops here, my servants. I could beat you up right now. I could just kill you for what you did. But the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, Be careful not to speak either good or bad. Jacob. But God has intervened. So I won't hurt you. 
God spoke to me and he told me that I have to let you go, that I have to kiss them goodbye, that I can't hang on anymore. God has intervened for you. God has protected you through a dream. Old country song, uh, she left the suds in the bucket and the laundry out on the line or whatever, Sarah Evans. She was in the backyard, say it was a little past nine, when her prince pulled up in a white pickup truck. Her folks should have seen it coming. It was only a matter of time. Plenty old enough, and you can't stop love. Right? She's doing the laundry, and here comes Prince Charming, and her parents are gone, and he's like, quick, now's our chance. Jump in the truck. Let's get married. And so it goes. You can't stop love. Verse 30. Now, you have indeed gone away because you long greatly for your father's house. I know you're homesick and you want to see your parents again, your siblings. But why did you steal my gods? You hit me in the pocketbook. Those things are worth a lot of money. Silver, gold, they're precious. I want my gods back. 31. Then Jacob replied to Laban, because I was afraid, for I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. I ran out of fear. 32. The one with whom you find your gods shall not live. We'll kill them. In the presence of our kinsmen, point out what is yours among my belongings and take it for yourself. For Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. Sometimes we say foolish things, right? We make crazy promises. When you act out of fear, you're not rational. He's like, I don't got your stinking gods. And whoever stole them will kill them. But he doesn't know that his favorite wife, his true love, Rachel, was the one who stole the gods. She kind of got ties to her daddy. Daddy worships pagan gods. She wants to keep worshiping pagan gods. And she knows it's daddy's treasure. It's what he values. And she values the pagan gods. Oh, their power, their blessing. They'll protect me. They'll protect our kids. We got to have those gods. Oh, no, Rachel. Leave the old stuff behind. Is there bad things from your family that when God calls you away, he says, get rid of those things? Don't hold on to that past, that paganism, that worldliness. I don't know, drugs, alcohol, pornography, craziness, worldliness. And God says, leave that stuff behind. Don't pack it with you. And take me with you. Take your Bible in Jesus and go. Leave the past behind. What is the scripture? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have become brand new. The old has gone, the new has come, right? Leave it behind. Don't bring it into your new family and your new home. 
confront your family. I hate confrontation. And family's the hardest. Verse 33. So Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the tent of the two maids, the concubine wives, but he did not find them. Okay, I'm going to tear this place apart. I'm going to search in your little tents, your little houses. I know it's, it's either you, Jacob, or one of your wives. And it's kind of like the old game. You're getting warmer, you're getting warmer, you're getting hotter, right? He starts with Jacob, and now he's going through the wives, and he finally comes to the last one. Then he went out to Leah's tent and entered Rachel's tent. You're getting red hot. It is Rachel. And if you find the one who did it, you could kill them. <laughs> oh, no, Rachel, what have you done? 34, now Rachel had taken the household idols, these little gods, and put them in the camel's saddle, and she sat on them. And Laban felt through all the tent, but did not find them. She said to her father, let not my Lord be angry that I cannot rise before you, for the manner of women is upon me. I'm in my menstrual period. Please, Daddy, don't make me stand. Daddy. <laughs> With her little eyes, you know, little eyelashes. Daddy, please. Oh, yes, Rachel, I understand. She's a liar. She's a deceitful daughter, and I think she learned from the best. Right? Like father, like daughter, this whole family, they all deceive and they trick each other. She's sitting on the idols to keep them safe from being found. So he searched but did not find the household idols. I think we take advantage of family. If I steal from my family, it's really not stealing. They won't press charges. They won't call the cops on me. You know, if I sign their signature or take some money out of their purse or wallet, I mean, after all, they're my parents, they're my kids. You know, it's just a little white lie, a little deception. You know, my allowance was too small anyway, I guess. <laughs> Verse 36. Then Jacob became angry and contended with Laban. This is the in-laws, right? In-laws become outlaws. They're fighting, right? And Jacob said to Laban, What is my transgression? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me? You run after me like I'm some criminal. I took my, my own family, my own stuff. I didn't steal anything. 37. Though you have felt through all my goods, what have you found of all your household goods? Set it here before my kinsmen and your kinsmen, that they may decide between us two. The battle is roaring, right? First one person attacks, somebody fights back. You know, I found in fighting, you should take turns. <laughs> Don't both go ballistic at the same time. It's going to, like, be out of control. Someone has to stay calm, right? 
reasonable, grace, mercy, uh, deflate the situation, answer, what does it say? You turn away wrath with a gentle answer. But boy, the battle is raging. 38. These 20 years I have been with you, your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten the rams of your flocks. You know what? I work like a dog for you. I got paid dirt. I took care of all your animals. I fed your little dog. I ate that dog, you know. <laughs> Giving your cat, you know, your kids, your gardening, your crops, your farm, your house, your workplace. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno, at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567, and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.